If you're an executive, entrepreneur, seasoned investor, or just a student of the game, you'll love The Great Fail, Adweek's Entrepreneurship Podcast of the Year, a show that artfully uncovers some of the biggest fails in business history and how it might have been prevented. The Great Fail is entertaining, informative, and told through a true crime narrative in under 30 minutes that keeps you at the edge of your seats. So check out The Great Fail wherever you get your podcast. In recent years, there have been many questions surrounding the growth of podcast ad tech. However, Brian Barletta of Sounds Profitable has stepped in to take the reins and break down the technical details making this emerging technology accessible to everyone. In this episode of On the Mic with Ad Results Media, Nathan Spell and I sit down with Brian to discuss the goals of Sounds Profitable, the Podscape, Spotify, and programmatic buying. So let's get started. There are a lot of creative uses for ad tech that we haven't really explored yet. My entire goal with it is to break down podcast ad tech and ad tech in general and make it accessible for everyone. Honestly, because this isn't supposed to be a gatekeepy thing. We want to include everybody who's relevant to it, who, who fits the criteria to be on there. I think every time Spotify takes a move, they push themselves further away from podcasting and they remind us that they're, you know, digital audience. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining. Let's start off with you introducing yourself to our listeners for those who may not be familiar with who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. And so I'm Brian Barletta. I've started soundsprofitable.com. Uh, it's a extension of the Pod News Network focused specifically on podcast advertising technology. And my entire goal with it is to break down podcast ad tech and ad tech in general and make it accessible for everyone because the truth is, is that it, it really is accessible to anybody who wants to put effort into it. And I would love to have more people talking about it and understanding it. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on here to talk about this. So maybe if, to start out, if you could just tell us more about Sounds Profitable and, and maybe dive in a little bit more about why you started the newsletter. Yeah, so for about 12 years, my whole career, I've been a, either a sales engineer or a product manager. And the entire focus of those roles are to explain things and break down things and execute on things that with engineers and then also make them accessible to account managers, salespeople, uh, and the people you're selling to. And so I, I always really liked that. I loved sitting with the engineers, understanding what they're doing. I'm not an engineer myself, even a little bit. Uh, and I would try and break things, try and fix things, and then explain it to the people who had to talk to the clients or the clients directly. And Sounds Profitable came out of me leaving Megaphone in August and wanting to try something new. And so I decided to try and be a sales engineer to the entire industry because I saw all these advertising technology publications out there and podcasts. And it always really felt like one, they had a paywall, which I never want to pay anybody to learn from me. Happy to have sponsors and people foot the bill on that and really make sure that everybody can equally and freely learn. And two, all the articles really read like, hey, podcast advertising, not quite yet. And I'm like, no, this is how I feed my family. This is how a lot of people feed their family. And we need more information to grow. So you know, we're at the time of recording, we're a little over four and a half months deep, 2000 people subscribe to it, which, you know, I'm really thankful for everybody who reads it every week. And uh, hopefully everything that I'm putting on there is stuff that someone can take and read and better themselves, whether they're a decision maker, VP level, C level, or honestly, account managers, ad ops people, salespeople who in five years from now will be those leadership roles. That's, you know, that's a lot of who I'm talking to the people that 
are not getting the education that they need from their company right now because everybody's swamped and internal education was straining before the pandemic. And right now, a lot of these people are working through their commute times and barely have enough time to read pod news on a weekly basis or a daily basis, let alone, you know, learn about ad tech. So everybody who, who buys into this and learns, I'm, I'm really thankful for their time. Yeah. Congrats on 2000 subscribers already. I mean, I think it's a super exciting, uh, field and, uh, I love the way that you describe how, you know, you're basically opening up something that you're already doing to a larger audience through this. Um, so I, I know that it's super helpful for, for us trying to understand more about this, this kind of emerging technology. So I'm curious, like what interests you most about ad tech specifically? I think that there are a lot of creative uses for ad tech that we haven't really explored yet. Um, advertising technology and podcasting is actually really far behind a lot of technology in other spaces. And that's not because we lack data. This week's article, I talked specifically about like, let's stop trying to chase mobile ad IDs and cookies and things like that. And let's look at the data we have now. Um, it's more the fact that a lot of the people who built the technology in this space have never actually served ads outside of this space. So we're dealing with some low-tech solutions that are starting to get more and more high-tech. We're dealing with high-tech solutions coming into the space. But the things that excite me most about it are really cool creative executions. NPR, for example, takes their national podcast and then based on where you are location-wise, puts a five-minute local podcast into that episode that uses the dynamic ad insertion technology. You know, there's dynamic ad insertion, dynamic content insertion, server-side ad insertion, a billion different ways to describe it, but it's, it's all the same technology. And all of it can help us earn money in the space. All of it can help us do cooler and creative things. And so I really want to see people push it to the limits. I want to see these branded partners like Pacific Content and JAR um, and you know, all these other partners really go out of their way to use the fact that they get 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, one to three times an episode and start telling us a story, start doing something unique with this medium instead of just, you know, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday in the middle of my podcast about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. That, I think that that's a, something that podcast, like as a podcast listener is so jarring. And like you said, like finding that creative execution is definitely some of the most exciting kind of stuff on the horizon. Anybody who takes a moment to do something cool and creative, even if it utterly fails, is going to gain so much knowledge and have such a great reach talking about it. And I really hope people take more risks. So before we dive in a little more, we get asked a lot about getting started in the space. And I kind of want to talk about the podscape a little bit, because I feel like that seems to be a pretty good resource for, for folks who are just kind of getting into podcasting. Um, so let's, I kind of want to get your, hear from you a little bit about that. Yeah. So the Podscape was a collaboration with the team over at Magellan AI. They had been working on this internal list and it was very cool. And they messaged me and basically said, Hey, we're going cross-eyed staring at this thing. We don't know who we're missing anymore. We don't know if we captured everybody appropriately. We want to make sure the categories are correct and we're biased. And I said, well, I'm biased too, but hopefully a little bit less. And we collaborated on it. We added a ton more uh, companies into it and, and really kind of made it shine and 
they did a great job with the graphic design. I literally, my focus on it was where things should go, who are we missing and adding stuff in there and giving feedback on the voting process. They did a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, and then we released it and the best thing there was the best way to get somebody's attention is uh, either include them or exclude them from something that talks about an entire industry because we got hundreds of emails and it helped honestly, because this isn't supposed to be a gatekeepy thing. We want to include everybody who's relevant to it, who, who fits the criteria uh, to be on there. And so it's, it's a great map. It's a great starting point. It is unfortunately very U S centric, but so is podcast advertising. And I think that, we're going to see some really clever ideas from people outside of the space in Canada, uh, UK, Australia, other places where podcasting is pretty dominant. And, and then I want to see it in Southeast Asia. I want to see it in the areas where it's just growing. Um, but it's, it's a good reference to figure out where you want to fit in this space because this space is growing. I think, I think I would be shocked if not every company on that list is actively hiring today. Yeah, I was really excited when I saw it come out. Um, you know, I've been doing this for almost six years, but it still kind of opened my eyes to areas that I had been missing or that I had just kind of been blind to. So I thought it was an incredibly useful resource. I'm glad you liked it. We're, we've got another update coming out in uh, the beginning of January, and our goal is to update it every quarter unless, um, you know, Spotify buys somebody else or Amazon buys somebody else, and we have to <laughs> update it a little bit more quickly to be relevant. But we're going to start including, you know, when we expect to do the next update, even if it's trivial changes, because we want to keep people coming back to it and making sure they have the most recent version, because we expect it to be something that people use in their sales decks a lot. So I want to talk a little bit about programmatic advertising. This is something that has been getting a lot of attention um, within ad results media. And I know that you covered it in an article that I read, but could you give us a brief breakdown of programmatic and um, your thoughts on it? Yeah. So we'll start one step forward. So uh, programmatic uh, requires dynamic ad insertion and dynamic ad insertion is taking a podcast and saying when you're uploading it to the podcast, this specific area in the podcast is going to have an ad inserted into it at the time of download. So this, I mean, I guess this is a podcast and I say, we'll be back right after these messages in that dead space that we just had right there. Ideally, the editor would say, here is an ad break. And then when someone goes to download this episode in real time, it's trying to figure out what they know about that user, what they know about the episode, what ads are scheduled to be eligible to run in that spot, and then it places that ad. So that means that if three people are sitting literally side by side downloading episodes, they might all hear a different ad in that point. Dynamic ad insertion is different than host read versus announcer read because, you know, Lindsay, you could very easily read a ad right now that's edited out of this podcast. So you keep the enthusiasm live, but served in as dynamic ad insertion so that in 30, 60, 90 days, you could very easily replace it with another ad. And you could focus on instead of just selling the newest episodes that come out, you could say every download I get in 30, 60, 90 days is what you're buying access to. So your back catalog has more value. Or I could record the ad for you and then I'm announcer read right? And so announcer ed can be anything from the guest, can be, you know, the producer, it can be, um, you know, a celebrity it can, or, or a nobody, but it's announcer ed basically just means not the host. So now that we, we have the basis there of dynamic ad insertion versus baked in where we do it all in the file and we never touch it again. And then host red versus announcer programmatic is the mindset that in your platform, you say, instead of an ad, 
I want to say if this campaign is eligible to be served in this podcast, call somebody else's ad server because that's what it really is. Your ad server is saying, ah, yes, I have the perfect campaign for it. And it is phone a friend. And so it calls these different platforms like AdsWiz and Triton, Dax, um, Magnite, all of these different partners out there that have a platform that allows people to set up different buying strategies. And those buying strategies range from open marketplace, which a lot of people confuse with programmatic, which is just the impression comes through, who wants it? Minimal price floor, little control on that. And it's basically, you know, they don't know who they bought on until the impression went through. Big misconception there, in my opinion, is, is setting uh, is considering that programmatic is just open marketplace because there's so much more to it. But the other thing is that the publisher actually has so many controls. I can say, don't serve on these IAB categories. Like I, I don't, they're not even relevant to my podcast. So never give me anything on guns, uh, sex and, uh, pickup trucks, you know, and, and so that I'll never get an ad eligible for that. I can say my price floor is $15. Uh, and maybe I'll never get an ad on an open marketplace because that's, fairly high for an open marketplace, but I, I now know that I'm not just letting anybody get into the inventory. But there's other aspects of programmatic. There's private marketplaces where someone gets access to your inventory with a little bit more visibility, but no guarantee. And then there's programmatic direct, which is the same as starting a direct conversation with someone and setting a direct sale to put in their dynamic ad insertion on their platform, sell, sold direct to them, but you just have a preference to use programmatic tools. So programmatic is really flexible. Dynamic ad insertion is really flexible. And where everybody gets caught up in this space right now is the terminology. Uh, and there are very few people who are excited about advertisements. So it's real easy to shit on it. I, I feel like as someone who's not as, uh, you know, well-versed in the technical aspects of this, I think the biggest takeaway I'm getting is like, this allows for a lot more sophistication in the plan. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, you can control it even more than you can control. Well, I mean, I guess you can control it the same as you can control a direct ad, but like people think it's like plug it in and pray for ads that don't make you look bad. It mm -hmm. takes time and finesse and setup. But the problem is, is that we spend so much time on the production of a podcast and the style and the feel to it. And then that editor and the producer get to like step away. And then someone who has no experience in that cuts the podcast just a little bit too short. And so it says, you know, we'll be right back after this break and immediately after without even taking a second's break, we're right into the ad and it's offensive and jarring and the audio is not mixed and the category isn't relevant all those tools are there. You can fine tune it as much as you want. Podcasting in general lacks uh, like yield optimization. There are very, very few companies in the space who are looking on the day in and day out of optimizing and setting up how a publisher should be represented in all these uh, programmatic spaces, how they should handle their category organization and all that, what they do and don't allow, and then the style of how the ads fit. And that's, that's where we need more growth. And that's how we change the perception that programmatic is bad. But yeah, it's unlimited levers, but it's also your boss's boss's boss saying, plug it in, get revenue. I don't care about anything else. Well, so earlier, we know we touched on, you know, the, the idea that 
the the change of pace with the podscape you know you might need to be pushing out more than a monthly update there in part because of the acquisitions we've been seeing i wanted to see how you felt about spotify's moves in this space specifically i know that they're doing uh, a lot of different things and uh, just curious for your take I think every time Spotify takes a move, they push themselves further away from podcasting and they remind us that they're, you know, digital audio. Mm. And I think it's neat. Like I'm very, very happy that more people are learning about podcasts through Spotify, but Spotify's goal is they want listeners and they want listeners to consume content that is as accessible and affordable to them so that they make the most amount of money possible through advertising and subscription and pay out the least to the people that they own or that they owe for content rights. So I, I, I'm actually not super concerned about it overall. I think that it's another avenue to buy from. We're not sitting here talking about, you know, oh, you shouldn't advertise on Pandora streaming audio. You should advertise in podcasting. The problem is that Spotify spends so much money to tell us that they're podcasting that the, those of us in the space get a little anxious about it. And, they, and we see like, oh, they're going to close it out. I don't see that happening. I think just like I have to go to Hulu and I have to go to Netflix and Amazon Prime Video to see specific content, I think we'll see a lot more of that, you know, with Amazon buying Wondery, all the content partners that Spotify has bought. Um, I, I think we're going to continue to see things like that. But I think we're going to see a push for things like how in Hulu or in Amazon Prime, I can also subscribe to Showtime and HBO Max, even though they have separate apps. So aggregators of aggregators. Uh, I, think, I think it's a great time to be a listener. I think discovery is the nut that everybody has to crack. And I think that if I was buying inventory, I'd be super excited to be able to test out all these different things out there knowing that there's still a crazy amount of untouched inventory that I can really do a lot with if I get creative. So I know that brand safety is another conversation that I've personally been hearing a lot of people having. Um, I kind of want to dig into that. And, and what do you think are some of the steps that people need to be taking regarding brand safety? I think that we're going through a growth period in brand safety as an advertising industry completely. And if you search uh, for basically any, any publication about brand safety out there, and one that I really like is Branded. I believe it's a Substack. Um, fantastic. The author of it has been uh, amazing on Twitter right now, helping get awful companies um, you know, off uh, from working with terrible people. They're getting the awful companies away from working with terrible people. Um, but the big thing that they're focusing on is that uh, I think I heard that if uh, Ariana Grande, uh, Grande how, how do you say it? Is it? Ariana Grande. There we go. See, I'm terrible. I'm awful with pop culture. But I guess <laughs> that she was associated with something that uh, in, in the news cycle, literally I play Dungeons and Dragons and have a two-year-old, so I have no idea what's going on in pop culture. But she was like the most blocked term at one point for brand safety because there was like a bombing or something related to a concert of hers or there was some terrible event. And um, like, that's awful. Like that's, there's content about like her new album or something cool about her that just like people were just blocking because they blindly block on keywords. And if we block everything about what happened last Wednesday at the Capitol, you know, the attempted coup and all of that, we're defunding the news. And if we block these terms blindly, 
we're in this situation where we're just taking money away from these organizations instead of looking at like, does this hurt my content? And so I think brand safety is going to turn into brand suitability. Uh, can't take credit for that. Heard that from a lot of great people uh, like my friends over at uh, Moat uh, with the Oracle team. Um, and I think what people need to do today is put as much content as they can in their show notes and also take full advantage of dynamic ad insertion so that you control what advertisers are or aren't in your content uh, in real time instead of having to edit an episode. And finally, dig deep into uh, transcription and contextualization because you want to make sure as both a brand an adver- uh, a brand agency or publisher, what the show is actually about. You want to have that in a way that you can kind of dig through and make sure not only like, are they using terms you don't like, or is it in the context you don't like? Um, because, you know, minor, uh, depending on how it's said, can either be someone, you know, digging for minerals, or it could be an underage person, right? There's uh, a lot of, you know, strike could be baseball, or uh, it could be, you know, like a, like a labor strike. There's so much nuance in the context and we need to focus about where does your brand fit instead of being reactionary and removing your brand from anything or any word that, you know, triggers your boss's boss's boss. Now, one thing I do want to jump into when I was getting ready for this episode, um, I read your article about post rolls being bullshit. (laughs) And, And I agree. I think that there's very little value there. What is your opinion on overall ad placements and and when do you think advertising just becomes too much? I think that smarter people than I at Edison Research have done a lot of really great things on it. And uh, I believe Marshall was actually on the panel, uh, your CEO of, uh, of Super Listeners, and that was very Yes, cool. he was. Yeah, uh, which my son actually qualifies as a super listener based on how my two-year-old, based on how much Molly of Denali podcasts he listens to. At at this point, I'm shocked that PRX isn't a sponsor of mine because I think I plug them on every single thing I'm on. If you have a young kid, fantastic podcast, easy to listen to, all 16 episodes on repeat all day and not go insane. Um, but uh, you know, I think. I think post, like, I I was kind of just going for a little bit of shock. I think that, you know, I got some responses back from people that were like, hey, and then I got some like really great responses from people. And that led into actually some of my article from this past week that said, your own stats are what's important, right? So if you can look at your Apple stats uh, for Apple Podcasts and see that 10% or more of your listeners use Apple Podcasts for all your downloads. And you can see that on average, 80% of your listeners listen all the way through to the end of your podcast. And post-roll is going to be perfect for you, right? That's 80% of your listeners in a, from a sample size are going to complete the episode, which means it's a valid unit to sell. Now, if people drop off, if you know 75% of the people drop off in the last five minutes of your episode, probably not a unit to sell. And we need to start presenting that data. Um, But I think that it really depends on how the ads are presented. I have listened to, I don't know, five, 10 minutes of ads on shows like Pod Save America because they're just riffing and they're talking about something that's tying it all together. And even though it's all dynamic ad insertion, they're fresh and they're new and they have their own personality. But then Crooked Media's other show, What A Day, has like three ads back to back and they're so heavily scripted. And even though they're shorter, I, I can't be bothered to listen to them because it's the same thing. And 
I think what it is is remembering that it's content, right? If you have a show about, you know, like uh, healthy sex lives, and then it's all about Geico auto insurance added in there. It's just not appealing unless the host makes it appealing. So the truth is that there's no right answer. Um, but the, the way we get to the point where listeners don't want to listen to ads anymore is by just slamming them into an episode without taking any care for context and trying blindly to target and find that user. I feel like that's something that we actually talk about a lot here uh, when meeting with clients, kind of giving the talents the leeway to really make the spots their own because they know their audience best. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's key. You Podcasting is closer to influencer marketing than mm -hmm. anything else. And the second you sterilize that host, if you're doing host red, the second you like really refine the talent to the point where it's just reading off copy that took nothing into account for the show, why buy here? Spend the money somewhere else. Put a banner ad that people are going to ignore somewhere else. Like jump into podcasting two feet first and learn from it because you definitely wasted money in other categories and other channels uh, for, for less creative and exciting things. So speaking about the uh, importance of content, um, you are launching a podcast, correct? I am. I am. It's going to come out on my birthday, January 31st. And I keep saying that out loud so that I can hold myself accountable because we have all of the raw uh, recorded for like 12 episodes, but now we have to edit it and have yeah. to get everything going. But um, it part of it is it, we're going to take my articles and we're going to extend it. I'm going to bring in experts and love to have you guys on there at some point to talk about a topic too. So any of my articles that appeal to you, shoot me a message. Would love to, you know, dig in deeper with you. Um, and the intent is that we're going to use that to extend the content so there's added value there, but then I'm going to jam it full of dynamic ad insertion. And I'm not going to do it in a way that I'm going to make any money off of it because I'm not really interested in that. I'm, I have plenty of sponsors and that's what I want to focus on. But at, like at the beginning of the episode, I want to do a, a persistent audio backbeat, right? Music behind the whole thing that we're cutting in very specific areas so that I can do the first part of it and says something like, uh, thanks for subscribing. And I know you're subscribed because your podcast was downloaded uh, within two hours of me releasing it. Or I can say, it would be great if you did subscribe. And I know that because you're not on Spotify, which doesn't automatically download, but you've downloaded the episode after two hours, but before the next one comes out. Or I can talk to you about that you're listening to the back catalog and please check out the new one. Or I can say, you're listening on a smart speaker. How brave of you. I hope I don't swear in front of your children. And there's so many fun and neat things that you can do. And I'm partnering with Wushka, who has some really cool ad tech. They've been a big supporter of mine for a long time. And I'm always impressed by the, the creative things that you can do with their tool. So I'm really going to push it to the limits. And like I said, if people enjoy me talking to someone smarter than me for, um, you know, 20 to 40 minutes an episode, they're going to have a blast there. If people want to see what creative and interesting things you can do with a podcasts and ad tech, they're going to have a lot of fun there. Um, I'm actually going to hide using Descript's overdub, which is like a deep fake. I'm going to hide at least one segment uh, as a dynamic ad insertion piece into every episode and ask people to tell me which one they think it is. And uh, until we get to a point where people are starting to really notice, I'm just going to keep removing sections. 
and see what point I can get to where it's not even me talking anymore. It's all the deep fake and they don't notice. I, I think the Descript uh, like kind of hidden in there is that's super creative. I, I love that you're practicing, you know, it, like putting in practice, like how awesome this technology is. Um, I think that's super, super cool. And um, do, do we, do you have a, have you announced the name and everything? Are we, are we talking about the podcast openly right now? Yeah. Look, my, my friend, Sam Mars came up with the name sounds profitable. Uh, you know, which is funny because like audio and making money off of it. And then like that sounds profitable. Um, and, uh, I, I'm probably going to use it for every single thing I can do that I can get away with. Um, I'm not as creative as the other people who are helping me present my ideas. So, uh, yeah, it'll just be the sounds profitable podcast or just sounds profitable. I believe on the app store, because if you're already, or not the app store, the podcast, uh, Apple podcast, because if you're looking for a podcast, you know, it's a podcast. I don't have to tell you that. Um, so yeah, it'll be sounds profitable and we're going to play around with, with some cool ideas there and looking to collaborate with more people on, on more great ideas with their podcasts, you know, as a guest and really push the limits. And I know we're going to be working a lot together, uh, you know, sounds profitable and ad results media. You guys are a sponsor and I super appreciate that. So maybe at some point we can play around with, uh, how we can do that on this podcast for you so that you can play around with dynamic ad insertion and, and really get a feel for it too. Well, Brian, thanks so much for coming on our podcast. Uh, look forward to hopefully some future collaboration with you. And um, I want all of our listeners to check out soundsprofitable.com to support you and uh, all the great work you're doing. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes and leave us a comment with your feedback, questions, or ideas for future segments. If you would like more info on Ad Results Media and what we do, please visit us online at adresultsmedia.com. This podcast is an Ad Results Media production. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.